0: Welcome to Polycast, a civilization podcast focused on game strategy.
1: Canis Albinus.
2: Makalua. The main me team.
3: Mega Bears Fan. <laughs> Welcome, internets, to Polycast episode number 370. I am one of your regular hosts, Mega Bears Fan, along with Canis Albinus. We're missing the Minecraft livestream for this. I hope it's good makalua well as long as they're not
0: introducing any strange mobs or anything like that i don't know
2: (laughs) and the me and team the people making the minecraft stream are missing us to do that
3: that's right that's the more important thing i wonder if they have
1: will arnett this year probably not
2: Since our last showing, we've had Gaul released, and well, to put it simply, Gaul is a surround and pound nation. So yes, a very good nation.
0: It's a Phil nation. Phil <laughs> stamp of approval.
2: I, I mean, don't know how about could I that. not. How could I they not? Have,
1: they have the potential for six city strikes per uh, city or per turn,
2: which is obnoxious, and I don't like it. But if I'm playing as the nation, then I'll have to deal with it. In fact, that might be one of the top reasons to pick them. Yeah, their industrial zones are earlier and can shoot at you, and they still get the usual shoot-at-you district, so, yeah. Yeah, it's...
3: Lots of shooting. Actually, couldn't we it also... go... oh, wait, wait. Does it go up to... All the way up to six, or does it only go up to uh, four? Does the... I thought
2: it was factoring the range units inside.
3: Well, Magnus... Uh, yeah, there's the governor that gives you an extra range strike. Of, I think it's Victor, the military governor. It's, yeah, one is, of them. But is that only the city center, or does that include the it's encampment? all and of the, them. Oh, my goodness. And then you can have a range unit in each of them for potential, like, nine range strikes.
0: So the tip I'm getting here is kill Byzantium before they have walls.
2: No, we're talking about Gaul. <laughs> Yeah, a Gaul, Gaul.
0: sorry, but also Byzantine. You know, just kill everything before walls, but particularly yeah. Gaul.
2: Well, speaking of that, they do get a boosted warrior <laughs> that gets uh, strength against stronger units in uh, the city district. So there you go. I don't know if that's actually going to be strong enough to take cities early on with warriors, but actually, it be... is if,
3: if you have a, f- a few of them and you've got uh, you know, you're if you, I mean, the same rule applies as usual, which is that you definitely want to surround the city and get it under siege so it's not healing. Uh, but yeah, I found them yeah. that they're actually quite effective at, uh, uh, taking down, super effective at unwalled cities and even somewhat effective at walled cities. If you've got decent ranged support,
2: you would still need, um, some kind of siege support, right? Unless you have a ton of ranged.
3: Uh, uh it depends. Yeah, it depends.
2: Or they don't make swords because as soon as they make a sword, the city strength is pretty decent in addition to having walls, but
3: yeah, if you get to them before that, like you're golden.
1: The, uh, if you put two of these things next to each other they can take out a heavy chariot pretty easily
3: Okay. right because you also get one of the leader abilities is like a plus two combat strength for each adjacent friendly unit and that's yeah. on top of the regular flanking and support bonuses and all that stuff as well
2: well those and were tech unlocked but this one you start with and yeah they do stack so
1: the bonus for uh, strength against stronger units is plus ten.
2: Oh,
3: okay yeah, it's pretty substantial. So,
1: yeah, it's, it's uh, in the, the dev live stream, which we'll talk about in a little bit. They showed a combat uh, connection between two of the whatever they're called, the warrior replacements. I forget what they're called.
3: Gassate or something like that.
1: Gassate. And one archer behind it, and it was at 45 versus 29.
2: Hmm. Oh. Okay. That's pretty substantial.
3: Yep, and they're super effective barbarian hunters, because the barbarian camps uh, almost always start with spearmen, so you get that plus ten against them, and uh, so they're very good at taking out uh, barb outposts early in the game.
2: It's a shame they won't get general bonuses because they're a warrior, because 45 is, uh, that is killing swordsman territory. I mean, not in one hit, but you you could certainly fight swordsmen like that.
0: Yeah, if oh, you have yeah. Two, two units adjacent, one takes the first blow. the other one kills it. They yep. can take on legions.
2: Yeah, uh,
3: if the legions promoted, they're in trouble. But uh, yeah, they they can take on a stock legion and not instantly be destroyed.
2: I guess that makes sense given the history. But yeah, that, that means that they are pretty useful early. It's it's nice. They're um. It, it's going to be annoying to place districts with them because of the restrictions on placing them next to your city. But
1: it doesn't aside from matter that, though.
2: Pretty nice stuff. Well, it probably will to the AI, because what's that going to do is it's going to force non-standard extra planning (laughs) into placing your districts.
1: During the live stream, they talked about which districts can still be placed next to cities. And it turns out that the aqueduct and the neighborhood, the canal, and the dams can still be built next to cities.
3: Yeah, it's only the specialty districts, which are like the ones that generate great people points and have buildings in them.
2: It would be really odd if you couldn't <laughs> place an aqueduct next to the city. That would more or less mean you couldn't build aqueducts.
3: <laughs> yeah. But I've actually found that to be... A, I find that placing cities for Gaul is even more challenging than placing cities was for the Maya. Because with the Maya, you still plan your districts out like pretty much the same as you would have normally. You just have maybe have the cities closer together, or at least those you know first cluster of cities closer together. Uh, but with Gaul, it's like... Okay, all of the normal places that I would put certain districts, like, I just can't put them there anymore. Like, I cannot tuck a theater square in between my city center and, you know, my campus and my commercial hub like I normally might. And, you know, things like that to get those uh, those free adjacency bonuses.
2: Well, at least you get some stuff from mines. So, hope you have some hills.
3: Yeah, the mine culture well, you- bomb is pretty pretty good. You also get
1: adjacency for all districts from, was it quarries and mines or something?
2: Yeah. Something like that. And you're going to want to take advantage of both of those, because uh, when you are limited on district placement like that, you're going to need to place more emphasis than usual on culture spreading to tiles that are outside your initial city ring.
3: And one of the interesting things about that, uh, the culture bomb, I don't know if they changed all the culture bombs to work this way, or if it's only uh, Gauls, because I haven't, like, gone back to, like, Australia or anyone else like that that had, right, Australia had a culture bomb on, uh, what was it, Pastures, Pastures. right? Pastures, yes. Right, yeah, I haven't gone back and played them to see if this rule applies to them as well, but the uh, the culture bomb will not annex another player's territory for Gaul. That's
1: only for Gaul.
3: Is it only for Gaul? So Australia yeah. can still pasture bomb and steal territory? Mm-hmm. Yes, and so can Poland.
2: I can see why they do that, though, because Gaul has less of a restriction on how frequently it could potentially use a culture bomb.
1: Yeah, any hill tile.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's recommended to settle your cities next to hills, so you can just build a hill right next to it. Right, and then, then Build you've... a mine on the hill right next to it and then build the district beside the mine.
2: Man, you were bringing back SimCity 2000 memories for a moment there. Yeah. <laughs> Build a, hill. build a hill. Yeah, I build a hill, build some waterfalls on the hill which are permanent, that make a permanent source of electricity from the dam. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just, spam your, just spam your fresh new hill with hydroelectric dams. Infinite energy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's totally how it works in real life, guys. Also,
1: I would assume that this means that this the uh, government improvement that gives you a worker every time you found a city would be very useful for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, there's always the Eight Warriors wonder, too. Since this is a <laughs> well, built for that.
0: That comes a little bit later.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Not much, though.
0: Because it's not a gigantic window where that's going to be super effective.
2: That's true. You do kind of want to obey the forex principle of not letting other people settle your land to conquer other people's land. You want to at least block in your own stuff and as you go kill someone. Speaking
1: of conquering other people's land, we got the dev live stream, which was the day before the DLC came out, I believe. And uh, I watched the first half of it because a busy person, exhaust, ex- exhausting time, blah, 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 whatever. But he uh, showed us what it was like to conquer Rome as the Gauls. He was taking out cities very easily. They were standing up. The, the, the Gaul unique unit was standing up well to crossbows. It was um, very interesting to watch a nightmare happen on the Roman part. A little bit too strong, maybe.
2: Well, well it depends on the difficulty we're talking to. Because if you get a whole bunch of promoted melee units that you've just been using for a while... It's not uncommon for stock generic units to start overwhelming stuff. That's a full era in front.
1: It was, like, the classical era.
2: Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you're not operating against AI bonuses on my difficulties, then it's more than plausible to just roll it, even if you're lagging in tech. And then if you're not on my difficulties, you're probably not lagging in tech. I know it's been improved somewhat, but even so...
1: It is good that that they have somebody who actually knows how to play the game as oh, one sure. of the as their their um, stream driver.
3: Yeah, that's been a problem in
1: the past. Yeah, <laughs> some some of the earlier live streams were a little bit. Oh, hey, I have I know how to play the game. I can
3: win on settler. Yeah. They were suboptimal to be generous. <laughs> yeah, I do fear, however, that uh, Gaul might be. Uh, Incompetent as a CPU-controlled civilization because of the district placement restrictions, and I think Phil's uh, aforementioned requirement of more forward planning.
2: If he's aggressive on deity, though, that's going to be scary.
3: Yeah, if they build a lot of units and go go after you, that's going to be tough. But like long-term game, uh, if they're not your immediate neighbor, and you know. They they're just gonna have a really hard time. The AI is gonna have a really hard time building up a decent economy with this particular civilization.
2: Yeah, I'd be surprised if AI is good with that long term. But just the thought of a DnEi attacking with like ten of those <laughs> unique Yarnit warriors, it, it's not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, total
3: opposite of the Maya, where the AI Maya are like you know competing for the science victory in every single game that I play with them.
1: Well, that's a good thing. It means the AIs are getting better.
2: Yeah. They certainly needed it.
1: I have also seen yet more indications in the community that the AI may in fact be improving on a patch-by-patch basis. So yeah. that's always a good thing.
3: Yeah, well, there's also, again, the fact that the Maya are like built such that they, you know, play right into the, uh, the way the AI plays the game, which is build cities really close together, you know, build districts right away wherever you can, and, uh, yeah, build, make lots of science. We talked about Byzantium last time, right?
1: Yes, we did. Significantly. And that's a good thing. Let's talk about the patch notes. Mackie?
0: Yep. Apparently I need to drink this tea faster.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, patches for the Byzantium and Gaul pack. Well, obviously, two new <laughs> Uh What else did we. There, but there was a lot else going here with the. The other thing I don't think we got into as much was the Dramatic Ages game mode. Now we have like little bits of details on it. Because they've added some new. Uh, <clears throat> what do we call them? That we take? Uh, dedications? Policy cards. Oh, is there policy cards? Oh, yeah. The
1: dedications dedications got
3: moved to policy cards.
1: We can see how awake
0: I am today.
3: (laughs) But only for that game mode, right? Yeah, only for that game mode. Yeah,
0: only for the dramatic game mode, yeah. Uh, Some new ones. Uh, Available from classical to medieval. Mandala State, which is plus four culture for every wonder. And every wonder in your cities causes foreign cities within nine tiles to lose two loyalty per turn. Oh boy, I'm thinking about Eleanor right now.
3: Yeah, that make, make her even <laughs> make her even stronger.
0: <laughs> ah. Free inquiry. Commercial hubs and harbors provide uh, that we've had this, but they've changed this. What they do?
1: Science equal to gold bonus.
0: Mm-hmm. Then the campuses also provide gold equal to their science bonus. I'm not. I can't remember off the top of my head which of those is the change.
3: I think it's the same thing. It's just the difference is now it's a policy card when you're playing Dramatic Ages uh, instead of just a dedication bonus that you uh, pick for the whole era. So I assume yes. you can like, just swap these out whenever you change policies now in Dramatic yes. Ages.
1: Okay. And Georgia has the ability to pick both Dark Ages and Golden Age policies while in a Golden Age. So they get to be both good and evil at the same time.
0: Let's oh, say okay, Exodus of the Evangelist and Monumentality have been here before. This is one of the ones that are available from classical to Renaissance. Praetorian Guard, Wounded and heal Ten Hit Points, and then plus two production to the encampments. That might have been there, but I don't remember using it, <laughs> unfortunately.
3: Um I don't remember new. that one specific either. Yeah, that one sounds new to me.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh available from Renaissance to modern. Reform the coinage has been there. That one's annoying. I wanna I- Especially so the traders cannot be plundered. I want to plunder this person's trader out, Staying it. I'm trying to weaken them. Let's see. Sakdina, while your projects are active, each of your citizens exerts 0.5 loyalty pressure to their city. <clears throat> when your project's complete, you receive uh, 10% additional great people points for every building in that project's district. Ooh.
1: Yep. That's a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, that's, especially in the more buildings a district has, the better that bonus is, because Plus, the more
1: citizens you have.
0: Yeah, like a holy site in your, the holy site you started in your capital, and your capital is your biggest city. Wow, that's a lot of faith. Uh, Let's see, available from industrial to modern culture industry, plus one culture per specialty district for each city. Cities receive 25, 25% production towards non-specialty districts. Uh, you can purchase the entertainment and water complex, entertainment complex park, <laughs> entertainment complex and water park buildings with faith. That so seems we not-
1: weird, but I like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, over in guess- America, there are actually religious thing parks.
1: Well, yeah, there's obviously Branson, <laughs> but I've been there more times than one.
0: <laughs> and there's been. It's actually when- not a terrible place. That's why you have all the entertainers go there. They can make a. They can both entertain and make a lot of money. When they're done in Vegas, basically. Uh, let's see. Uh, either well, depending on whether you have rise of all or gathering storm, this is either industrial to information age or industrial to atomic. It's just it looks like it's just the two we've had before. Heartbeat Esteem, steam with two arms. I don't think that's yep. different. Yeah,
1: yeah no those change are there.
0: The same. Yeah. Although
1: it uh, looks like two arms doesn't have the.
3: The CB with it anymore. Maybe. Mm. Unless they just forgot to uh, put it in the description.
0: Yeah, you'd have to go in and see if that's actually on the in game card. Because that would. Kind of, I mean, I like having the XP in the production, but the CB really helps sometimes. Why am yeah. I declaring more of you? Because I can.
3: <laughs> well, without the, the Casus Belli, like, is the XP even, like, really worth it? Because. Uh, I mean, I, you can still declare war whenever you want and take the grievances, I guess. Uh, but if without that uh, Casus Belli to be able to declare the war without getting a crap ton of grievances, like you know, it's going to be harder to be able to fight and take advantage of that fifty XP. Hmm. Is that well? I, I'm actually you, you I guess would hope you
0: were going into this war with an experienced army too.
3: Yeah, is that uh, fifty XP when the unit is created, or is it just fifty XP? Uh, for all combats.
2: It doesn't qualify it, so no. at least the impression it gives based on the tax written is that you get plus 50% XP always uh, from anything you do to, with that unit.
3: Yeah, I'm assuming, well, I'm assuming that it's just 50% XP to all units while this policy is active, and not yeah. something where it's like uh, giving you like a not a promotion, but like giving you a thing on the unit where the units that you build just get fifty percent XP <clears throat> when it's built. Yeah, this
2: feels yeah, to it me has like weird. Rules on how XP bonuses are applied, so it's it's probably worth looking into this. I don't know offhand.
0: Yeah, yeah, it seems like it would be boosting your gain to XP as opposed to doing something like the Terracotta Army
3: does. Right. So more like what the survey policy does for scouts at the start of the game.
0: mm Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Available from Atomic to Information with Rise and Fall, or Atomic to fusion with Gathering Storm. Solidarity. All Governors exert two additional foreign loyalty pressure. All your cities as Governors get plus 25 gold and plus 25 faith. Uh, Wish You Were Here is 100% tourism to all national parks and 50% tourism for world wonders. That's the same, I think. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think I've gotten to use too many of these. And I
1: think sun, sun, is, sky, and stars and Star is, the is the same as same. well. Yeah, yeah, because that one
0: seems familiar. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see, and the last couple that were added for the gathering storm, which is in the stuff that's available information to future. Let's see, popular front, hundred percent favor from being the suzerain of city states and your alliance levels and your trade routes. The city states are plus four to all yields. Wow. And the military industrial complex. All of your improved aluminum oil and uranium resources are two additional resource units per turn. All combat units are plus five strength. Venus has range attack plus one range. Ooh,
2: that'll end the game more quickly if you're in the future <laughs> yeah. era. You haven't yet.
0: Here, build your giant death robots faster.
2: <laughs> yeah, or have uh, five range or more rocket artillery if you stack enough stuff.
0: Oh gosh, or battleships and stuff as well.
2: Yeah,
0: yikes!
2: Yeah, this is confusing because some of these are the same as before, and now at the start of the Dark Age, policies just tells you that a bunch of them are unchanged. Okay.
0: Yeah, it would be nice if it was sort of the same way, but <coughs> <coughs> flower well, power. Well, those are
1: those are um, unchanged because they already existed in the base game as cultural policies. Okay. As opposed um, to new policies added because of the the, the change itself.
2: Alright, at least the logic is consistent.
0: So, new, new or at least changed Dark Age policies. <clears throat> so, for the classic to medieval, monasticism. Plus 75% science in cities with a holy site, but negative 25% culture in cities without a holy site.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That could be pretty good.
0: Yeah, because particularly that's going to affect usually your capital and maybe one or two other cities that are <clears throat> would have everything to do with super science-y like that.
2: Although if you're not Georgia, you probably <laughs> don't want to see any of these. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to lose cities to get them, which will probably yeah. lower your output generally.
0: Yeah. Yes, at negative negative twenty twenty-five culture, you have to think about how bad that's going to be for getting your borders expanded early on, too. I mean, if you're Russia, go right ahead because you have that natural early just dis- <laughs> blue borders. So,
2: and if you're Georgia in the Golden Age, you probably don't have to worry about it too much. But for everybody else, yeah.
0: <clears throat> Available from classical to Renaissance, your Inquisition. You can start the Inquisition with one apostle charge. All the religious units are plus fifteen combat strength in friendly territory, but negative fifteen science everywhere. This is okay, what you get okay. for calling. Yeah, this is what you get for calling all the scientists heretics. <laughs> Decentralization. Cities with six or less population receive plus four loyalty return, but cities with more than six population receive negative 15 gold. Oh. Come on. The early game is sometimes when I have the worst problems with trying to keep that little balance floating in the, in the positive direction, especially if, especially if you're trying to build an army. I hope you took the card that lets you have the discount to your upkeep. Uh, elite forces. 100% comeback combat experience for all units, but plus one gold to maintain each spy and military unit. Mm. Yeah, again, take the policy that reduces your upkeep. Uh, <clears throat> add it in classical to industrial isolationism. Domestic groups provide three food, free production, and three gold, but you can't buy, can't train or buy settlers in new cities. There's a similarish one with the settlers, and you can't train them, but I think that might be a normal policy. Uh, available from rena- Renaissance to modern. Oh boy! Shemardi Xavier. Hey, thank you. A person who commands things better than me. <laughs> uh, plus fifty percent production in your capital, but all your governors are neutralized cannot be reestablished. Ooh, That's
1: bureaucracy from Civ IV.
0: Yeah, but still, if you've been if you've been trekking along with the governors, they've been really been helping. Then suddenly, nope, can't use the governors. What?
2: That's pretty late in the game to center all your production on your capital.
0: Yeah, if it was earlier on, it might make a little more sense. But then again, I guess they want it to be later so that the uh, penalty for the governors is actually a penalty.
2: I guess yeah, it also but t- it's to the point where it's hard to envision using it.
3: Well, I guess it also takes into consideration the fact that you're losing cities when you go into a dark age so maybe depending on how big your empire was to begin with you don't have very many more cities other than your capital
2: okay but you're also getting loyalty pressured more so than ever because of the dark age and the loss of cities so yeah losing your governor's ability to help offset that in addition to all the yields that you are probably losing from the governor it makes it implausible that this is actually going to be a net benefit in most cases.
3: Yeah, I have a hard time imagining myself ever using something like this were I to ever play the uh, Dramatic Ages.
2: Maybe for One City Challenge, but good luck with that.
0: Yeah, I was going to say One City Challenge. Yeah, if we still had Venice this would be great, but nope. Uh, let's see. A added for Industrial to Information for Rise and Fall or Industrial to Atomic for Gathering Storm Robber barons 50 gold and in- percent gold and plus 25 percent production in cities with a bank or a shipyard but negative two amenities in all cities that's hmm harsh yeah it, it, it negative one amenity i might take it because that is a lot of extra gold in production
3: Well, I guess this one also depends because they also recently changed the scale for amenity bonuses. So you need more amenities to get to those happy and ecstatic thresholds. So if you're not there yet, then I guess this really doesn't matter. Like, this only matters if it's going to bump you down from, you know, happy to content or from ecstatic to happy or from content to unhappy. Yeah, but if
0: you're in a Dark Age or Red and you're already having problems losing more amenities is not gonna help. Uh, see, added for industrial in that same industrial to information era, but industrial to modern for gathering storm, soft targets, plus ten combat strength in defending city attacks and attacking attacking district defenses, but negative three combat strength against against units. Hmm. It's a little penalty. It's not I mean, I think we've seen worse penalties about combat strength before. You're getting 10 when you're trying to hit the cities, so. Uh. <clears throat> Available for industrial to information or industrial to atomic, despotic paternalism. Plus 4 loyalty per turn in cities with governors, but negative 15 science and negative 15 culture in all cities without a governor. A lot of your cities are not going to have a governor.
1: Yeah, you have to plan for that one, I think.
0: Yeah, Maybe if you're something like the Mayan, maybe you can spread it out and only a couple of cities get hit, I guess. But if you were a bigger, sprawling empire, ouch. And the last one, available from modern to information or modern to atomic collectivism. Farms provide plus one production and plus two housing to all... No, farms provide plus one production, plus two housing to all cities. Industrial zones provide food equal to their production bonus, but great people points earn 50% slower. Hmm... I, I, do you need the food to grow that much at that point? That that would be worth losing so much great people points? I mean, in well, cities that are newer that you haven't focused, but...
3: The other question is, are there any great people left to get at that point in the game? So, you know, it might be a wash.
0: Yeah, there would probably be a, maybe the artists and writers a, little, a lot left, but not so much for science or even merchants sometimes just depends on how warlike your game's been with it there's there's uh, admirals and generals left. Okay, World Wonders. Well, we were all wondering what the Statue of Zeus was going to give us. So it's requirements, you have to build it adjacent to an encampment with a barracks building and on flat land. But you get three archers, three spearmen, and a battering ram, and then plus 50 production towards anti-cavalry units and plus three gold per turn. Did you want an instant army? Anyone call for an instant army? Instead of actually having to build the eight the eight warriors wonder or eight swordsmen wonder, hey, look, it's an actual wonder that gives you an army.
1: We're going to talk about that in a later
0: topic, but ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Gaul builds a statue of Zeus. Oh, boy.
3: Well, Um, that's not that bad because it doesn't give them the uh, warriors. It gives them spearmen, which are not the unique unit that's going to give them the super good bonuses. So it could be worse.
0: True. Uh, Biosphere. The requirements, it has to be built along a river adjacent to a neighborhood district. In the base game in Rise and Fall, when completed, you get 100 science for every marsh, rainforest, and woods in that city. Plus One Appeal to Tiles Adjacent to Rainforest and Martian Empire, and Plus Eight Science. In Gathering Storm, it's received 200% power for all offshore wind farms, solar farms, wind farms, geothermal plants, and hydroelectric dams. These buildings and these improvements provide tourism equal to their power, and you still get the Plus One Appeal to Tiles Adjacent to Rainforest and Martian Empire.
1: Very powerful, probably too late to be effective, though.
0: Yeah, the tourism is great if you're running. It would be it would be great to build it if you're like running close in a race with somebody on a culture victory because you could get that extra edge. Because you're at least going to have some hydroelectric dams because you're damming rivers and things like that. So. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I'm also curious. Do we know what uh, unlocks this wonder? Because I don't see. We, it doesn't say
1: in this uh, thing but we could probably find out if I did a little
3: bit of extra work. Yeah, I'm curious just how late in the tech or civic S- tree this is. Unlock
1: a synthetic materials, which is... So when we get... Atomic stealth? Era. Atomic Era? I think
3: that's the same technology that unlocks, I want to say, the modern armor and maybe the mechanized infantry, right? Something no. like that? Stealth
0: bombers? No.
1: Helicopters and the geothermal plant. Ah,
0: okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And kind
1: of the prerequisite technology is plastics, so very deep in the tech tree.
0: Late game, but can make the difference. And uh, we got one new map: Highlands. Test your civilization because a map dominated by hills and mountain ranges. Oh,
1: everybody's favorite terrain, especially <laughs> if you're
3: Ethiopia or Gaul. Just build mines or on Gaul. every damn tile. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you'd have no food. Yeah, but neither would anyone else. And you're going to have you lots imagine of culture. How rich, can you imagine how rich Mali would be? Yeah, Mali, Ethiopia, Gaul. There's uh, one or two other civilizations, I think, that get a lot of benefits from hills.
1: And We don't have to go through this whole patch list, but
0: yeah.
1: <coughs> there's a lot of stuff here. But I think the biggest ones are... Um, let's see. In game options menu now cancels ranged arrow attack. Thank you.
0: <laughs> You're like, I need, I need. Game, no, I'm not trying to shoot right now. I need to do something else fast. Game,
1: game. When you grab a tile, a tribal village by owning the tile it occupies, i.e., culture growth, you get a great arrow score just like if you walked into it normally?
0: Oh. <clears throat> I hadn't realized that was happening. I mean, it's not that it happens a lot, but can make the difference especially early game
3: one big the one Alliance. is that uh building a canal apparently destroys the resource underneath the tile so oh that, uh, that's probably a good thing perhaps the problem is yeah. you didn't know that resource was there well will it let you build the canal on top of a tile with a luxury or strategic resource because usually no it only count. it only allowed it on bonus resources i think or if you hadn't revealed the resource yet, so you would never know that there had been a resource there unless you. You never so.
0: know that you plow through your one uranium source.
3: Yeah, your one uranium, or your one coal, or your one niter.
0: <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Why don't I have any? Can't figure it out. I wonder if I it has something to do to with
3: m- these fourteen canals that I built.
1: <laughs> Some UI improvements always good. Trade AI was improved. You can allow the trade. The AI can now trade more than one copy of a luxury at a time. The AI actually wants science and science buildings and districts now. Oh, great.
3: Bio will get even
1: stronger. Antioch replace is replaced with Venice because it's on the Byzantine list of cities.
0: Wow. Fixed an issue where the game could not be forced closed except by the exit desktop button when a player had been defeated during a multiplayer hot seat game. Yikes.
3: And apparently there were crashes occurring when people won battles with uh, giant death robots or when slotting policy cards. That would be a big pain in the butt. Yeah, it would.
0: (laughs) That would be so random. You would be like, what happened?
3: How did this? What? No, this is rude. Hooray, I built a giant death robot. Boo, now (coughs) I can't finish the game because every time I use it, it crashes. The the giant death robot is so powerful it defeats the game. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so this <laughs> is a, this is a nerf, right? The giant death robot was nerfed because it no longer kills the entire game. I would call it a buff because it makes you want to use it more.
0: Don't think you can make me want to use giant death robots more.
3: Also, the true. apparently the work ethic belief was uh, not working if your districts were pillaged and then repaired, and they fixed that, so that's good for people who use work ethic. Alright. Any other interesting things in this patch list?
1: I think we covered most of the big points. There are a few little minor things we ignored, but...
3: Okay, well, now that uh, the music cue has actually played, uh, we can go on to talking about a Civ Fanatics topic that was started by user Coupe Navigator uh, titled Which Secret Society Fits Byzantium and Gaul? And it is worth noting that this thread was first posted on September 22nd, which I think was two days before. The actual DLC was released, so this is all speculation and hypothesizing, uh, at least, you know, maybe until later in the thread when people actually, you know, play the game and know how it all works. So this user is asking which uh, secret societies will best fit Gaul and Byzantium, and it looks like most users on this thread are agreeing that Void Singers are going to be very powerful for Byzantium because of all of the uh, religion and faith uh, bonuses um and then i think for gaul it's a little bit more up in the air uh though i did not get a chance to read the entire thread
1: it's not particularly long but there was a lot of talk about vampires being good for gaul
0: oh because of the extra combat strength because sometimes if you <clears throat> had the warriors around maybe you could finish off the city The vampire could go in and do that and yeah. there's all the damage being taken with it would power the vampire as well.
3: Yeah, there's another user down here saying that the owls would work well with the Gaul. And I don't know, I don't really have an opinion because I've yet to play the Secret Society's game mode, so. The owls is the one with the ley lines, right? Maybe.
0: No? Oh, maybe. I don't know. When, when I'm in game, I know exactly what I'm doing. Right now, I'm like, huh? Bah, bah, bah. Except for Void Singers. <laughs> I know what that does.
1: Well, I guess this isn't a very deep topic. We don't really know yet, do we?
0: Uh, yeah, because we've only had them both a week, maybe, and you know, until you get a, few, a couple more games, under, you, don't know if that's better or not. And also it can come up to personal preference because some people just like certain ones of them, even if it's not necessarily the most optimal you know that sort of seems
1: to be the way it is um it looks like the ley lines adjacency does work with the opidium
0: Ooh,
1: opidum whatever it's called but it doesn't work with the the korean one so nobody was quite sure until it came out but since we seem to have exhausted this topic much quicker than i expected Let's go on to the Statue of Zeus. Does it make sense to even build it? Yes. And um, we had, did. there was some work done by Lily Lancer, did some research into exactly how much cost versus benefit you get out of them. And the units themselves that you get from building the um, statue are worth 440 production. Which you can bring down to 315 if you use the 50% card reduction, and it gives you archers and spearmen. The wonder costs 400 production, which leaves us with the with the potential that you know it didn't actually make it cheaper to just build the units because you have to build an encampment and the barracks before you can even build the wonder. And people don't generally build spearmen because they're not cost efficient.
3: I actually build a couple of them pretty much uh every game, just so that I don't spend all of my iron and have a few more, you know, units. Because when they turn into pikemen, I found that pikemen are actually fairly decent, and I'd rather build the cheaper spearmen first and upgrade them to pikemen than to have to spend the production to build the pikemen.
0: it also could be a timing thing with Statue of Zeus that Maybe it's not the most efficient in terms of the actual production, but then having a sudden massive military boost of seven units at a critical time, you know, or something. Or, you know, if you've gotten started into a war and you're losing units, you're only having to dedicate one city to replace them all instead of trying to spread it out a bunch.
3: Yeah, a fun potentially Phil-approved troll strategy would be to deliberately not build very many units, wait for a nearby aggressive uh, AI to declare war on you because they see your army as weak, while in the meantime, you're working on the Statue of Zeus, and then bam! Surprise army! And then you can turn around and take those archers and battering ram and start conquering their
2: cities. I don't think I'd approve that one. I mean, first of all, you're building a wonder. And I'm (laughs) in general agreement with the spearmen are not that good of a line for actually fighting
1: Uh, unless you're the zulu or greece
2: yeah if you have uniques it's it's different but if you are just talking about stock spearmen and even that line in general it's pretty lackluster for most of the game yes you can use them uh, but you would if you're trying to effectively kill enemy units and take cities you are better off with most of your alternatives
3: I guess it might also help if your opponent is a mounted unit heavy army.
2: Yeah, but even then, they're certainly better in that scenario than other scenarios, but I've yet to see that be a problem from the AI. Humans, I feel like, would have an easier time punishing (laughs) spearman spam than the AI would even. I wonder
3: if this, if the Statue of Zeus would be better if it just gave you like one of every like ancient era unit, like one warrior, one archer, one heavy chariot, uh, one battering ram. Hmm. Maybe somewhat. Or maybe there's enough for it
2: to be two of each. And that would now, be can you stack the anti-cav with a gauche? Uh, that that bonus.
0: I don't see why not, because it's a it's a card as opposed to.
2: <clears throat> just, the problem is, <laughs> like, it's just not a good unit you're getting. That's the problem. If it was like plus fifty percent towards melee or something, then I would say that this wonder is worth it, in spite that you're not getting that much uh, in terms of the units it gives you initially. Just because that would be really strong. But man, I, I, I've gotten games without getting any anti-cav, and even when I do, it's not a significant percentage of my army. It, it's hard to see the value in this. And then without that, you're paying more for the units to build the wonder than you would to just build the units.
3: Yeah, this is another example of the you know conversations that we have almost every episode about the units and unit lines that you know don't do a particularly good job of filling the role they're intended for. Anti-Cav is one of them. Siege units are one of them. I would say Recon units uh, are another one.
2: I think Anti-Cav is in the worst place out of all of those, though. Because Siege units are awful early, but they're actually a functional choice as the game goes on.
3: Right, and they're, they're still they still are actually good at their role of taking down city walls. The problem is whether or not they survive long enough to get more than one shot off.
2: Yeah. Whereas and later on, they become legitimately strong in that role, because you can yes. get them to outrange the cities.
3: Right. And yeah, uh, and re- recon units also, they kind of go up and down in use. I feel like the uh, skirmisher is not strong enough, because it easily gets destroyed by medieval barbarian units, which makes it not worth using to explore in the medieval era, unless you have, like, three of them or whatever supporting each other. Um... But yeah. yeah, that's a different topic.
2: I don't know. I feel like Recon's general purpose is scouting, mostly.
3: Well, right. But when you're scouting... Well, you mean like scouting uh, territory you've already revealed? Just to, like see enemy movements or stuff like that?
2: As opposed yeah, vision to screening exploring. or placing units in places uh, so that you get more vision uh, for yeah. without paying that much for a unit in either production cost or upkeep. Perfect. And I feel like in that role, they're fine. And you don't need that many of them to serve that role. That's okay. I I never understood the the need or the how the game has leaned a little bit more into giving them combat capability over time because it, they're still not effective in that role. And well, I'm <laughs> that's not not really what they were built for in the first
3: place. I, I'm not saying that I want them to be effective in combat. I'm, I'm saying I, I want them to be more effective at revealing the map, which you know is what I think their primary purpose should be. Uh, but again, this is a completely divergent topic so so it sounds like we are all in agreement that statue of zeus is meh seems like it does anybody in the thread have any good counter arguments it mostly devolves into
1: why do spearmen suck <laughs> oh well <Yeah>. okay then
3: <laughs> we've got that covered <laughs> That's kind of a
2: predictable <laughs> path for the thread to take because so much of the wonder's value hinges on the value of the spearmen and the anti-cab unit in general. If the anti unit were good, this wonder would be good, because it lets you produce a good unit more efficiently. If.
3: Yeah, I yes. mean, there's a lot of wonders that are very situational, or uh, that are geared more towards specific civs with specific abilities. I guess we'll just have to lump this in with one of them, because as we said, you know, civs like Zulu or you know, Macedon that have unique spearmen, maybe this is much better or also uh, civs that have unique archers perhaps I don't know if being Maya and getting you know three uh, mm-hmm. what is their unique unit called I S- know oh, it's a slinger replacement no it is an archer yeah. replacement right yeah I yeah. don't know if, if being Maya and getting three of those units is would make this worth building uh, uh, for,
0: Nubia their archers
3: yeah for Nubia maybe because those batati archers are really good
0: I guess you just have to evaluate whether you want to build it by where you are in the game. Do you want to spend that much production in one lump? And if you've, it's more useful, I guess, if you've got a unique, if a unique that falls into that archer or spirit category, then maybe you want to. But otherwise, uh...
3: And then I guess the last question would be whether or not it's worth building to deny it to another civ that maybe would get more benefit yeah. from it. If Macedon is your immediate neighbor, do you oh, maybe no, no, rush no. the Statue of Zeus? To prevent Macedon from building it and getting three free, whatever the heck their unique spearman unit is called.
2: I never liked how Civ likes to call these units free, because they're not. It's been doing that since at least Civ 4 and probably before that. Like, you pay all this production into a wonder and then you get quote unquote free X as <laughs> a reward for the wonder. Well, it wasn't really free, but okay.
3: Yeah, and the what's funny too is that the Wonder is providing three gold per turn, which, uh, you know, once those units are upgraded at all, is, you know, not even paying for their upkeep. Unless they're upkeep free, are they? No.
0: But they did give you the plus three gold to for the upkeep, so.
3: Yeah, if they cost no upkeep for the rest of the game, I could maybe see that making this worth building, because then it actually is six maintenance free units, which. Is you know allows you to keep them at home on defense without having to pay for them.
2: Yeah, and
3: it that might would make it better. It might also give you enough units where you don't feel as obligated to slot in the conscription policy to save unit maintenance costs, uh, because this you know chunk of your army is you know not costing any maintenance. So, Fraxus, that's my suggestion for fixing this: make those three or six units maintenance free.
2: That would help. I still get the feeling this is going to be an AI wonder, but we'll see.
3: Yeah, probably. Speaking of, uh, of f- units with free maintenance, does the little tooltip tell you uh, when you highlight over the unit icon in the, the widget, does it tell you if the unit is free maintenance? Because I remember for a long, long time in Civ 6, there was no way to tell Once a unit was built, whether it was one of the units that had, you know, lower maintenance or, you know, bonuses to experience or whatever. And they added that little pop-up tooltip that shows experience bonuses, but I'm wondering if that also shows maintenance discounts.
1: I don't remember seeing anything quite like that.
3: Because, yeah, it is frustrating to know which of your... Do not know which of your units are maintenance free when you you know actually do get into a fight and are potentially losing them. But some people are saying this wonder might be really good for China because you don't have Only to choose. Because it's... Yeah, because you don't have to choose between wonder and army.
2: Probably makes more sense for them than most. All them and the unique spear says can uh, consider it at least.
1: All right. Let's go ahead and head to the end of the show.
2: Oh, we're skipping?
3: I think we should, yeah. Okay. Good, that gives us all time to actually maybe watch the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I had previously watched it, but yeah.
1: Okay, everybody. This has been episode 370 of Polycast. I'm Canis Albanus, and I've been here with Makalua.
0: Still needs more caffeine. Oh gosh, bring start, please.
2: The me and team. Remember, everyone. Now you can follow the Gall-approved strategy: surround and pound.
3: <laughs> and Mega Bears fan. Hooray! Canis gave me a homework extension. I did. Yeah, I don't have to finish watching that video <laughs> for another two weeks. Oh, okay. <laughs> That works i guess yeah
0: even without dan there's still homework
1: uh <laughs> civilization three four five beyond earth and six sound clips copyright take two interactive Copyright the polycast at the